Hey, you're listening to Clumsy Theosis, a Catholic podcast that explores topics within the Catholic faith to help us deepen our spiritual lives, own our relationship with the Lord, and strengthen His church. Hey, what's up? My name is Rochelle Lucero, and I'm the host of the Clumsy Theosis podcast. Today, we're talking about being an intentional disciple. I love this topic, and I think it's one that we don't talk about enough. When it comes to being a disciple, St. Ambrose says this, and for the record, St. Ambrose, he was the mentor, the spiritual mentor to St. Augustine, so he's kind of legit, just saying. He said, the Lord wills that his disciples possess a tremendous power, that his lowly servants accomplish in his name all that he did when he was on earth. So basically us, his lowly servants, Jesus wants us to possess a tremendous power so that we can accomplish everything that Jesus was able to do while he was here on earth, right? So he wants us to have this power to be able to do everything that he did, okay? So keep that in mind and emphasis on the word everything because we're going to come back to that. Okay, so a disciple. Some people are confused. Am I a disciple? Am I not a disciple? Okay, well, a disciple is someone who accepts Jesus's invitation to follow him. To be an intentional disciple is to choose to accept Jesus's invitation. So what's the difference? Well, there is no difference. I just want to emphasize that a disciple doesn't just become a disciple accidentally. You're not automatically a disciple just because you're a Catholic or because you go to Mass or even because you're involved in your parish. That does not make you a disciple. You have to consciously, deliberately, and intentionally choose to be a disciple. Sherry Waddell is the author of this book called Forming Intentional Disciples. I had to read this at Franciscan, and there's this section in the book where she talks about the fruit of discipleship. When people are disciples, what fruit do they produce? And she says this, the presence of a significant number of disciples changes everything. Disciples pray with passion. Disciples worship. Disciples love the church and serve her with joy and energy. Disciples give lavishly. Disciples hunger to learn more about their faith. Disciples fill every formation class in a parish or a diocese. Disciples manifest charisms and discern vocations. They clamor to discern God's call because they long to live it. Disciples evangelize because they have really good news to share. Disciples share their faith with their children. Disciples take risks for the kingdom of God. Doesn't that sound like the makings of a vibrant church and a vibrant world? I think that most people would say, of course I want to be a disciple, right? So say you make that decision. You've intentionally decided to be a, a you've intentionally decided to be a disciple. What happens next? What are you supposed to do? Well, all you have to do is follow Jesus by doing what he did while he was here on earth. And when that happens, you are being formed by Jesus in the process just like his first disciples were. So, in broad strokes, what did Jesus do during his earthly ministry? Right, so besides his passion, death, and resurrection, Jesus preached about the kingdom of heaven and he used a lot of parables to do it. He healed people, you know, he healed people mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. 
He cast out demons, right? That's a pretty big one. He performed some crazy miracles, you know, walking on water, resurrecting people from the dead, multiplying loaves and fishes, and on and on. And he also imparted his peace to others, right? Those are the broad strokes of what he did. And we read things like this in scripture. We read about the miracles and the casting out of demons and um, all of these miraculous healings. And we think, well, of course, Jesus is God. He can totally do all of that, right? But I can't do that. He can do it, but I can't. And then if you're like me, you're like, wait, let me look back at that list and see what people who are not God are actually capable of doing. And then you zone in on preaching about the kingdom. And if you're like me, you'll be like, oh, I can do that for sure. I could talk to people about God and the church for sure, whatevs. But then you just end up focusing on evangelizing and defending the truth of the faith. These are both good things, both necessary things, but that is not what it means to be a disciple. Being a disciple is not just about talking about the faith. Disciples are also supposed to work miracles. Okay, I'm going to say it again. If you are a disciple of Jesus Christ, you are supposed to work miracles. That means You are supposed to be healing people mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually through the power of Jesus Christ. What did St. Ambrose say? I quoted him at the top of this episode. He said something about Jesus' disciples possessing a tremendous power. Remember that? They possess this power so that they can do everything that Jesus did while on earth. Remember that? And they're able to do that through his name. Okay. So that means healing the sick, resurrecting the dead, making the blind see and the lame walk, spreading the peace of God, right? Bringing the presence of the peace of God with you when you enter new situations and new environments or have new encounters. Any and all of the miracles that Jesus did, with the exception of those types of miracles that are reserved to the priesthood, which will basically just be the sacraments. But anything else, any of those other miracles, the power of Jesus and by right of your baptism, you can. No, I take that back. You are expected to do those type of things if you are a disciple of Jesus Christ. And if you do not believe me, if you're like, I don't know, I don't know, I've never really heard that before, believe it. It is in the catechism, which means it's part of the tradition of our faith. And not only is it part of our tradition, it's part of sacred scripture. I mean, go back and read the Acts of the Apostles. That book in scripture is an ongoing string of miraculous healings and casting out of demons by the disciples of Jesus Christ. The disciples were sharing in Christ's mission. You have been invited to share in his mission also. That means helping to free the children of God from sin and from death. So if you are a disciple of Jesus, you should be doing this also through prayer, fasting, and exercising your gifts of the Holy Spirit. I cannot stress that enough, the power that comes with the Holy Spirit, because it's not going to be you who's actually doing this. You know, you are a conduit. You are a participant. It is the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus Christ that actually performs the miracle. So freeing people from bondage to their sins, to their addictions, from the lies about their identity and their worth, or from like demonic oppression, things like that, freeing people from physical, mental, and emotional illnesses. You know, these are the things that disciples are called to do. 
you and myself if, you know, if you decide you want to be one, which I don't know why you would refuse the Lord's invitation. But I do remember when I heard this for the first time and I was thinking, I can't do that. You know, if there's something wrong with someone, that just must be God's will, right? Like that's the cross that God gave them. But no, God's will is for you to accept Jesus's invitation to be a disciple and to pray for miraculous healings and deliverances of his children to exercise the gifts that you've been given, pray and fast fervently, even if you don't see the results that you expect to see, because it's not about you ex- what you expect to see. It's about giving yourself to the Lord so that he can work through you, right? Now, I know that sounds intimidating, doesn't it? <laughs> don't worry about whatever it is that you're worrying about. You were made to do this. You've been given all of the graces and the tools to do this, and you have the sacraments to continue to nourish you. Also, I talk about all types of things here on this show. You know, things like living out the Beatitudes, growing in virtue, performing the spiritual and corporal works of mercy, using the gifts of the Holy Spirit, growing in them, cultivating a life of prayer, um, and the different sacraments and being nourished by them. I talk about all types of things like that on this show. And if you're practicing them, any of them, or just one of them, it doesn't matter. If you are trying to live out your faith, you are actually closer than you think to being able to perform these miraculous healings and casting out of demons, just like the original disciples were able to do. Because... Because all of these elements of our faith, you know, most everything covered here on this show has the same foundation. And the foundation is a life of prayer. Prayer is your intimate connection with God, right? When you have that intimate, super close connection with God, you start becoming more like him. You start becoming more like Christ, more like someone who lives in the kingdom of heaven, right? You're participating in a life of theosis. Right? And when you do that, when you participate in the life of theosis, you hand yourself over to the Lord to be transformed, to be more like him. And when you're more like the Lord, the Lord is able to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth through you. You know, the way that the kingdom of heaven is supposed to be full of the Lord's charity, full of freedom from sin and death. You see how that works? The intentional disciple is able to use, um, what did St. Ambrose call it? He called it the tremendous power of Christ, right? So the intentional disciple is able to use the tremendous power of Christ to do everything that Jesus did, right? So that means to heal the children of God, to free the children of God from any bondage that they might be under. You can do this. You can totally do this exercise those gifts of the Holy Spirit, rely on the Lord's grace, and beef up your prayer life. You can totally do this. And you don't have to be like a prayer ninja in order to be qualified to do this. You can start right away, right? So start praying right away. Start making those miracles happen. Now, for myself, this next month, I am going to be beefing up my prayer life. Meaning, I'm going to take the month of July off from recording. Please keep me in prayer and um, my time that I'm with the Lord while he is pursuing my heart and 
kind of wooing me in a way that he hasn't done in quite some time. So I'm looking forward to it, but please blanket me with prayers. So there won't be any new episodes throughout the month of July. The next time you'll hear a new episode from me will be on August 7th. All of my patrons will still hear new content from me every week throughout July on patreon.com. I'm going to do video mini-sodes. So you guys will still hear from me. If you want to be a patron, go to clumsytheosis.net and click the word donate in the menu or there's a link in the show notes. I will be posting episodes on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram stories that I think would be good to refamiliarize ourselves with over this next month. If you receive my weekly email, I will be emailing you weekly still. I don't think I'm forgetting anything. I'm still available through Messenger if you want to reach out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I still be, I will still be responding. I'm just not recording any new content. All right, everyone. Until August 7th, you are in my prayers. Peace out. Thank you for tuning in to Clumsy Theosis. I'm so happy that you've been able to hang out. If you want to learn more about Clumsy Theosis, you are more than welcome to visit my website, clumsytheosis.net. From clumsytheosis.net, you will also be able to contact me if you're interested in booking me as a speaker or if you're just feeling generous and you'd like to make a donation. Remember that together we can transform the world by letting the Lord transform us.